Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Um, so he oversees the Raccoon Diocese um, um, under which Chicago comes. Amen. So um, he's here with us. He's a, um, a very hardworking man. I cannot, I, I'm not, I won't tell you his schedule, the schedule, the schedule that he's had for the last 24 hours to be here this morning. Hallelujah. He's, he has raised many, many pastors under him. And he's a seasoned man of God, a very humble man. And um, I'm privileged to call him my overseer and my friend. So ladies and gentlemen, with a standing ovation and a clap unto Jesus, let us receive the ministry of Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Hallelujah. Shall we bow down our head to pray? Heavenly Father, we want to honor you this time, this occasion, for the gathering of the people shall be unto you, Lord. So we come humbly before you. We ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us. We know we are not alone. For this work is your work. Thank you for honoring us to be carriers of the holy treasures of God. And we stand here, O oh God, on the shoulders of giants. People that you have called before us. Your servant, Bishop Dagiwad Mills. Your servant, Apostle Joel. And the rest of us who you have called to assist in this great work. Amen. Father, we pray that you shall speak to our hearts. Speak softly to our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, it is not by power, nor by might. We entrust this session to you, Lord. That you shall recruit from our, among us a people who can hear your voice. Amen. A people who shall answer the call. A people who shall see the agency of the hour. And deliver us from the toys and the plastic things that this world offers us. And bring us to the reality of true encounters with you, the one true God. Deliver us from the, the illusions and the tricks of the enemy, which he has shown in this generation. Deceiving many, wasting our time, our money, and our effort in things that will not profit us in eternity. We humbly ask you, Lord. Touch our hearts. Amen. That we will be transformed, oh God, into the image of Christ. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah and amen. Oh, put your hands together unto the Lord. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. It's always exciting to come to Chicago. Amen. I remember one of my daughters in the Lord. I used to tell her, you are supposed to be a Chicago revivalist. I don't know. It just came out of my mind. And so I have a heart for Chicago. Wow. Amen. And Chicago is, uh, there's a lot of spiritual seed in Chicago, if you know of D.L. Moody yep. and some other people. So there's a lot of um, ancient 
promises of God for Chicago. Amen. So if you find yourself in the Chicago KUFC church, you are blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank the Lord so much for the house that God has placed us in, the United Denominations, that God by his grace has called our Papa Bishop Doug, his wife, Lady Reverend Adelaide, and all the bishops' council, hallelujah. Apostle Joel, who oversees the Americans, North and South and Central America and the Caribbean, hallelujah. We thank God for this great privilege because it is not by power and it is not by might, amen. So I honor them that they answered the call and because of their obedience, some of us who were pursuing other things have also been commissioned to, 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 to hold the holy treasures of God, hallelujah. I want to thank the Lord for Reverend Ezekiel's life. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, he's one person I respect. He's a true son of the house. Hallelujah. I thank God for his humility. And I always feel that I have a strong support in the diocese. You know, himself and his wife, Lady Pastor Teresa. Whenever we are having a meeting, you know, I don't have to talk much. They will talk for me. Put your hands together for them. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for Pastor Macarius. For all his energy. For all his energy and, and enthusiasm. Hallelujah. We thank God for all of us here. I want to have a family conversation with us. Hallelujah. And I came with my wife, Mavis. Hallelujah. You see, how many know that the church of God is a family? You get it. It's a family. And a family would be in different locations at different times. But we are still a family. So, right now, my wife and I are here, but the rest of the family are in Columbus. So, greetings from Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I would like to have a simple family conversation because, you see, as a family, we have to be honest with ourselves and sometimes talk about things that may not be the most glamorous thing to talk about, but you need to address it. Hallelujah. And so, for this brief time, I pray that the Holy Ghost will urge you to give me your ear as we chat as a family. So, it may be a very brief message, but as a family, we can talk about anything at any time. Amen. Amen. So, I want to talk from Bishop's book, Many Are Called. And the title of my message is, What It Means to Be Called. Hallelujah. What it means to be called. When I was praying... I mentioned the fact that we are standing on the shoulders of giants. Because the reality is that, you see, nobody came out of the moon or out of the stars. Somebody started something and then you have been called to continue. Amen. Amen. And so, you see, as we mentioned the names of our fathers, do not get upset. Because, because there is a long chain that goes all the way back to the time of the apostles. When Christ was living, he left the church to his friends, Peter and Paul and others. Hallelujah. And then when they were also living, they handed it over to others. We know of certain um, apostolic fathers, you know, like um, Irenaeus, Ignatius. Do you get it? These are people who were discipled by Apostle John. Do you get it? And then when they were also living, so Ignatius and um, Father Polycarp, for instance, were disciples of Apostle John. And then they also tutored Irenaeus. If you know a bit of church history, you will hear of Bishop Irenaeus, who also continued to hold on to the faith. Hallelujah. And then from Irenaeus, it came down through the ages. So what we are doing here is not something like a fly by night, something that just appeared. 
there is a long chain of events and people who committed themselves to fight for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Hallelujah. And so you are joined into something really great and powerful, which there is an invisible chain right from Christ to Peter and Paul and the others, all the way down to Bishop Dark and to you and me. Hallelujah. And this is how you should see your life, that you are not just a free electron floating around, that you are a person who is a person of destiny. Amen. Hallelujah. In Bishop Dark's book called Many Are Called, he talks about the fact that you know, he calls Jesus Christ in Matthew 22, verse 14. He said, many are called, but few are chosen. Hallelujah. And he begins to describe what many are called means. He said, many are called means large numbers of people are called. You see, the family conversation has started. Did you realize that? That, that we have started the conversation. And as the word is coming, please understand that it's coming for you directly. Many are called means large numbers of people are called. So, so, what is the opposite of large numbers? Small numbers. So, many are called means that the number of people who are called are large numbers. So, so what is the likelihood that you are among the people who are called, if large numbers are called? There's a very high likelihood. Hallelujah. The many are called means the masses are called. Amen. These are different ways of saying the same thing. Many are called means huge numbers of people are called. Many are called means numerous people are called. Many are called means countless people are called. Many are called means lots of people have been called. Many are called means the majority of the people are called. I like that one. The majority. If you have 10 people and you are looking for a criteria, okay, how many people were wearing a white shirt? And so the majority of them are wearing a white shirt. And then the multiple choice answers. How many were wearing a white shirt? One, two, seven. Which one will be the right answer? Seven, because seven is the majority if you are looking at the number of ten. Hallelujah. We are back to school, my friends. <laughs> Amen. So when you hear that the majority of people are called, it means that in terms of probability, the likelihood that you'll be called is very, very high. Amen. And so, and the last one, it says, many are called means most of the people are called. This one, it makes it obvious. Most of the people are called. So out of 20 people, if most are called, if we ask you how many are called, if you say two, Mm, there's a problem. You must know that if most of the people out of 20 are called, maybe 15 or 18 will be most. Hallelujah. And so as we discuss the call of God, usually what happens is that people um, dissociate themselves from the call of God because there is a, there's an, a certain understanding of what the call means. Amen. So that's what we want to study, what it means to be called. Because people think that the call is for a certain group of people who um, they were born with a cross around their neck. Okay. Amen. But as we are going to study briefly, I said we are having a family conversation. Sometimes your father or mother will call you to a meeting and say, you know, I told you this and this and that. Nothing has happened. I remember one, one time, I think I probably was 12 or 13. And my mom is a person who likes telling jokes. You know, like Tully. You know Tully. Like things people say and people laugh. My mom was always telling things. And so, one Saturday, I, um, when we woke up, you know, we, we, after breakfast and everything, we were sitting around, and she was telling one of her stories. And we were all sitting there laughing and laughing and laughing. And, you know, she has a lot of those stories. So, at some point, she said, Kofi, I want to send you to town to go and buy this. Do you get it? Go to the table. There's money on the table. Pick it up and go to this place and buy this. 
So at that time, you know, she continued telling the story. And so all of us were still listening and I continued to stay around and, and listen to the story. And then at some point, she said one of those her stories that it was so funny that I fell off my chair on the floor with my legs in the, in the, in the, in the sky laughing like everybody else. Then she turned to look at me and said, hey, did I not send you to go and get something? I said, I thought, I thought we were telling stories and laughing. He said, no, 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 no. We are telling stories and laughing. But right now, you have been called to step out and do a specific assignment. So the rest of us can sit around and laugh. But you cannot stay here. You should not be here. You should have been returning by now. Hallelujah. Amen. So it amazed me how my mom moved away from telling a story that we are all laughing. It's a happy environment. That she turned and changed her face and faced me strongly. That is what a family does. That we can laugh, but sometimes we need to be reminded of essential things that we may be missing. Hallelujah. Is somebody liking my message so far? Yeah. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so, when we talk about the call, people immediately think of great men of God like Bishop Dag, Archbishop Duncan Williams, or go into history and talk about other people. Hallelujah to Jesus. But I want to say that as we talk about what it means to be called, I want to start the conversation by saying that you, as a believer, you are also called. Amen. So turn with me to Romans chapter 1 and verse 1 to 7. Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. Paul, Paul was writing a letter to the believers in Rome. He said, Paul, a servant of Jesus, called to be an apostle separated unto the gospel of God. So right in verse 1, Paul introduces himself as somebody who has what? Being called. Amen. So immediately you may say, well, you know, I mean, Paul has been called to be an apostle. I have not been called to be an apostle. So the rest of the message doesn't concern me. But continue, look at verse 2. Then he said, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the holy scriptures. Verse 3. Concerning his son Jesus Christ. In other words, the message the theme, what the theme surrounding the call is concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Alright? And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Okay? He's rehearsing the essential elements of our salvation. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. Dwell there. So he's writing to the Romans. Okay, He introduces himself that I have been called as an apostle to, to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. But then when you get to verse 6, it's among whom ye also, his audience. Because if you read the book of Romans and you accept it as he didn't just write to the church in Rome at that time, but the message is also for you. Then this verse also applies to you. He said that you are also what? Called of Jesus Christ. So before we get into what it means to be called, I want to convince you, because some of you may not be that convinced. I want to take a few moments to convince you that you as an individual, you are called. Amen. Because he said you are called of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now let's add verse number seven. He said, to all that be in Rome, to all that be in Chicago, 
beloved of God. How many here believe you are beloved of God? If you didn't lift up your hand, we will pray for you for pain in your hand. Because sometimes there's pain in your hand, you can't lift your hand. Because this is one of those things that you don't want to. You don't, if they say, how many can give, uh, uh, how do you call it, $200,000? Maybe you don't have that one, so we understand you will not lift your hand. But beloved of God, even if you don't, even if you don't have a beloved, at least you know that God is your beloved. So how many here are beloved of God? Hallelujah. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, is a call to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. How many know that there are many times we take a scripture and we take the part that we like? So that how many want a, a little bit of grace in our lives? How many want a little bit of peace? One day a certain, a certain uh, 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 a lady told us her, her husband, you at all, when would you have peace? Because he was constantly in a, in a, in a struggle. Amen. So we need peace. But the people that he's addressing, that grace and peace, I wish it upon your life. He said, these are the people who are called to be saints. Hallelujah. And so we have been called of Jesus Christ, and you have been called to be saints. Every person here, if you are born again, if you are a believer, there's a call of God on your life. You no longer can pretend you are not called. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Now, let's look at what William Booth, the, the founder of the Great Salvation Army, said about the call. This is something Bishop quoted in his book, Tell Them. He said, you are not called. Did you say you are not called? You have not heard the call, I think you should say. He said, you are saying you are not called. He said, you should rather say, maybe I'm not, I have not heard the call. But you cannot say you are not called. Because we are seeing clearly from the scriptures. Hallelujah. Because today, as we are appointing some pastors, you see, we have all been called in various capacities. Amen. And I, I, don't, I do not want it to, to just be something about the people who are, obviously, people who are being uh, um, uh, appointed as pastors. Somebody believes that they have been called. The Lord believes they have been called. But how about the rest of us? And we are showing from the scriptures that the call of God starts at the believer level. That everyone who has been called to be a Christian is actually a special call of God. Preach. Hallelujah. You have been called of Jesus Christ. You can say you have been called by Jesus Christ. You have been called a saint. Hallelujah. Amen. Say amen. amen. Here's another thing that William Booth said. He said, put your ear down. Well, let me start again. You are not called. Did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear down to the Bible and hear God bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burning, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful will for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. Then look Christ in the face, whose mercy you have professed to obey. And tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Then he went on to say, I believe that in each generation, God has called enough men and women to evangelize all the yet unreached tribes of the earth. It is not God who does not call. It is us who fail to respond. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Will you answer the call? You as an individual, will you answer the call? What it means to be called? There are many things that has been discussed in the book, but we will just talk about three or four of them. What does it mean to be called? The first one is, to be called means to be summoned distinctly. Hallelujah. Amen. To be summoned distinctly. Distinctly means it's like uh, it's very clear who is being summoned. Amen. When the, when the uh, court system wants to uh, uh, um, summon you, you know, uh, um, I mean, not, and, and they send, a, they send a, a, a letter, they are very specific as to the name and the address because it is not to be misplaced by the, by the uh, mail, mail, mailing people. Hallelujah. And so they cannot miss words. If on a certain street, if on a certain street you have James Davos, you have James Luton, you have James what? James Bond. We have seven James on the street. You cannot just put on the envelope James. 522 Land Over Place. It, the mailman will be confused. Amen. Are you there? You have to be specific. So the call means to be what? To be someone distinctly. Amen. To be called by God means to be identified. To be someone distinctly means you have been identified. Amen. Amen. You've been identified, called out by name. To be someone distinctly means that you have been called out by name. When your name is called out, right now, for instance, is there a John here? Is there a James here? Is there a Lorenzo here? No Lorenzo. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, is there a Susie here? So if I stand here and, create and, and scream all these names, nobody will stand up. And I, can't be, I cannot be angry. Because only the person with that... Only the person... Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus. He's Lord over my life. He's Lord over my he, has life. A right he has a right to tell me what to do. What to I am his born servant. I am, born I am willing to yield to him. When I made him my Lord and Savior, I gave him the permission to reorganize my life. And today, today he's doing it. Amen. Are you happy in church today? We are having a family conversation. We are having reminders. Like my mom reminded me that, look, you are lying there laughing. But I sent you a long time ago. It's not time to laugh. It's not time to be kicking your legs in the air. You should be bringing, at this time, you should have been bringing what I sent you for right now. And then she turned and continued the story. And I, I felt very jealous that why is everybody is happy and, and, and enjoying these totally stories. And I alone am being fit because the rest were not the ones who were called. I was specifically, specifically called. Hallelujah. So to be someone distinctly means to be called out by name. Are you listening to me, somebody? Now, if somebody, Pastor Macarius, Macarius and an Agri, is that a, a very powerful name or what? <laughs> if I come here and I say, do you have the Macarius here? Then you say, oh, we have the Macarius books in the corner here. Do you, get, do you know these books make up the Macarius 40? Is that not so? Because Bishop has Macarius 40 and Macarius 60. This is, I believe, the Macarius 40. So if I say, do you have the Macarius here? You are entitled to be a bit confused. Is he talking about the books? Or is he talking about a human being? Is that not so? 
But if I say Pastor Macarius and I'm angry and you go towards these books, what do you think we should do to you? We should pond you. Because now I am being very specific. I am calling out the name. And once the name has been called, there is no confusion. Or oh, is there another Pastor Macarius uh, and I'm angry in this Chicago here? Amen. In fact, you shouldn't allow anybody else to have the same name. Amen. The original Pastor Macarius and an Agri. Hallelujah. So that when you are called specifically and your name has been called out, you can no longer hide. Amen. You can no longer pretend you have not been called. Like somebody, you know, there's an English word called prefer and there's another one called pretend. How many know the difference? I didn't major in English in school, so Whatever you tell me will be right. Amen. When somebody is preferring something to another, what does that mean? You lack one over the other. When somebody is pretending, what does that mean? You are what? You are faking. You are, presu- you are presuming. You are, you, are, you are acting as if something doesn't exist or it's not there. Amen. So one day somebody uh, met somebody they know in town. And I don't know whether they owe them money because sometimes, you know how people run away from their creditors. So I think they owe them money. So, and they've been looking for them and looking for them and looking for them. Calling them, they never respond. Calling them, they never respond. And then one day, there was a party. Somebody organized a party and the people appeared there. So, data and creditor were under the same roof. Yay. Say glory be to God. Data and creditor are under the same roof. So now, now you can't hide. Do you get it? So, it was a buffet type of party. So, people were lined up. People were lined up, you know, and then, and then the buffet was on the side. People were taking their big plate. You know, some buffet places, they make the plate small. <laughs> so, it's like, it's, like, it's like they don't want to take too much. So, the person who was the, who was the uh, debtor, the one who owed the money, was the first to be in the line. Do you get it? <laughs> I don't know whether it was a he or a she, but it could be any. It was a she. <laughs> she took her plate. Both data and creditor were she's. So she took her plate. The data took her plate, was in the buffet line, and was picking, you know, different assortments of things that are available. You see, that's the good thing about buffets. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and so... And so she took her plate and she started picking and started picking and started picking. And then the creditor also, she spotted the data. That this person, I've been looking for you for the past two years. She kept changing her phone number. She kept changing. When, when she asked of her, so she has moved to this place. So when she saw that the person was in the line, the creditor said, today I won't even eat. She put the plate down. Do you get it? And was standing, you know, let's say the buffet is at this place. You know, the way they do it, like that's a way you go. Like if you go this way, you go, you, you come back another way. Do you get it? So she knew that when the data picks the food, the only place where she will pass is this way. So she put the creditor put her plate down. Do you get it? And she balanced herself like this. <laughs> because she wants to do what? Meet the person that she has been looking for for all these years. So the data took the food. And then as she was about to go this way, in the corner of her eye, she saw somebody. She saw somebody that she owed money to. She saw somebody that she's been running away from. 
and she saw a little table that was used to serve somebody in the corner and she put the food there. at this point she's willing to give up the food if it will allow her to run away from her creditor so she put the food down and she was about to do the cut walk quietly and then the creditor said hey i've seen you you have seen me but you are preferring you have not seen me <laughs> do you get it <laughs> You have seen me, but you are preferring you have not seen me. What she meant to say was that you have seen me, but you are pretending you have not seen me. But preferring also works. But uh, Rev, what do you think? You are preferring you have not seen me. You have seen me, but you are preferring you have not seen me. She was a science student. Uh, she was a science Forgive. <laughs> Forgiveness forever. Say you have seen me, but you are pre- it's like I have seen your face. You are the one who owes me. Now you are walking away as if you don't know me. This is what God is telling us today. That I have called you by name. Wow. I have mentioned your name. Macarius and an agri. And you are preferring you have not heard the name. <laughs> or you are pretending you have not heard me. To be called means to be summoned distinctly. Amen. Your name has been called by God. When you became a believer, your name was called out in heaven. You are not an accident. And everything God is calling us to do, it is not something that is just happening on the earth. Heaven is a witness. Are you listening to me? What does it mean to be called? To be called means you have been summoned distinctly. Let's look at the scripture. Exodus chapter 3 verse 4. When God was instructing Moses to build the artifacts of the tabernacle, the thing they were using, going to use in the house of God. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 4. Oh, rather, let's go to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus 31 and verse 2. Yes, Exodus 31 verse 2. It says, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Her, of the tribe of Judah. This is a very specific call. That the Lord does not want to mince words as to who he is speaking about. He said, I have called by name Bezalel. When you became a believer, you were called by name. Your name were called out in heaven succinctly, directly, distinctly. And then just so people will not get confused. In case another Macarius and an Agri appears in this church, it is not likely they will come from the same father. But once you say Bezalel, the son of Uri, immediately it separates the person from other people who may have the same name. Amen. And then in case there are so many Uri's with the same name Bezalel, he said this son of Uri is also the son of Her. So Bezalel is grandson of who? Mr. Her. Amen. And then in case there are so many hairs in Israel, he's saying this hair, this specific hair I'm talking about is from which tribe? The tribe of Judah. My friends, let me tell you, one day I went to a, a denominational office in a, a um, Lighthouse headquarters. At that time, we, I believe the headquarters was at Coligono. And then we went on the homecoming and then on the tour, we went to the denominational office. And then I saw the names of branches and names of pastors. 
I didn't know that my name was on a list somewhere in Accra. Then I realized that I cannot run away. I cannot misbehave because they actually know you. They know your address. One day I got a random call from headquarters from one of the administrators and assistants. And uh, you know how when you see a call from out the country, I saw 233 plus 233. I said, hey, who is calling me? And then when I took the call, the person mentioned the name and said, oh, I am so-and-so. I am just calling from Kodesh headquarters to see how to find how you are doing. So uh, it means that somebody has my number there. Do you get it? Your call is very specific. And before God, you see, it may seem like you, you, your pastor may ask you to do something in the church. It may seem like your shepherd may ask you to help in this way or that way. And you may think somebody is bothering you. No, nobody is bothering you because they are giving you an opportunity to answer the call of God. Because the person you are dealing with is the chief executive of the universe who has called you by name and knows you exactly. You can no longer prefer or pretend you have not heard the call. Put your hands together unto the Lord. What it means to be called? To be called means receiving special mercy. Amen. Amen. To be called means to be receiving special mercy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. Special mercy. So, so, so mercy means that you are not being treated the way you deserve. Hallelujah. Like you are getting special treatment that you don't deserve. How many have experienced that before? Sometimes you, you expect the worst. But then, you know, the person who you thought was going to punish you actually says, oh, it's all right. How many have tried to apologize to somebody and they didn't let you finish the apology? They say, oh, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. It's a very nice experience. If you have never experienced that before, pray about it. That one day you, you, you will do something that you deserve to receive some judgments. You know, different kinds of judgments. Some judgments are by word, what the person will say. Some judgments are by the face. The face that the person will show you. It can be a judgment. Married people understand that. That you can do something that you can get a certain face. Either a smiley face or an angry face. Amen. Pray about that. If you have ever done something that you deserve judgment, you deserve to be received criticism or a type of uh, condemnation. And then as you begin to talk about it, oh, it's all right. No worries. It's the greatest feeling. Wow. Amen. I pray that you receive mercy in your life. Amen. At your workplace, if you make a mistake, may it never even come to discussion. Amen. One day I made a mistake and, and the mistake was not discovered. You see, the good thing is that if you can discover your mistake before it becomes public, that is the best thing. Is that not the best thing? If you can't discover the mistake and it becomes public, it's too late to defend yourself. Hallelujah. In this case, I could not notice the mistake. And the mistake I made ended up in the package, which was prepared to be discussed at the board level of the company. Amen. There was a board meeting. One the, Where I was was a, was a branch location. And then the headquarters people were joining us by video conference. Do you get it? And in this video conference, the package I put together was going to be discussed, Reverend Ezekiel. And as they were going through it, because the document is going to be used to make a decision. As they were going through it, as they were going through it, there are some people who, who don't even read, but these people were very diligent. And you see, up to that time, I didn't know I had made a mistake. I happily went to sit there. 
Do you get it? At that, at that, uh, at that uh, boardroom meeting in the branch level, the senior people were around the table, and those of us who were assistants were sitting behind the senior people. Have you had that situation before? Like you were sitting so that in case a question comes up, you know, the senior person can turn to you, okay, this or that. Do you get it? But I was very feeling very, feeling very, very good about myself and sitting there very confidently until somebody took the thing up and said, wow, what is this thing in this page? Who put this package together? And obviously, there was a particular region that this thing was coming from. And in that particular region, I was the only person in my function doing that thing. So that it wasn't like there are seven people that uh, it could go here or it could go here, it could go here. Amen. But you see, when we put the package together, it will go to the chief administrator at the headquarters who will put it together. So when that thing came up, it was very glaring that it was a serious mistake. And then the um, person who was my senior, who was sitting at the board, I nudged them, I nudged her. I said, it was me, it was me. And I tried to, tried to get her, her face away from the, the camera so that it will not appear in the video. Are, are you following what I'm saying? It's a live video conference. And then she said, she did a sign like, don't worry about it. And then, and then she took up the thing up. He said, you know what? We don't know where this mistake came from. And, and then he said, and, and, and he said, somebody said, but we thought Gibber's name is on the package. And then you know what she said? I have to look for her and thank her. She said, no, Gilbert does not make such mistakes. Put your hands together to the Lord for mercy. Gilbert does not make such mistakes. In other words, she covered me completely and said that this caliber of mistakes is not the kind that Gilbert can make. What a mercy. When God calls you, he has shown you special mercy. He said, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, this call of God, this ministry, this participation in making the church work, everything that you are doing, he said that we have received mercy. If you remember that the call of God means mercy for your life. He said, we faint not. In other words, we do not get discouraged. We do not allow anything to eat away our passion. Because you see, what the devil does is that he tries to nibble away your joy. Tries to nibble away your interest, your fire. By discouragement, by criticisms, by people looking at you a certain way, by people not appreciating what you are doing. But if you consider that I am here by mercy, I'm here by mercy. Now, who was writing this epistle? Who was writing this? Paul, why is he calling his calling a mercy? Because here is the same person who was chasing believers, running them down, getting them arrested, and throwing them into jail. Having He supervised the stoning to death of Stephen, the first Christian martyr. And if he has not been called to preach the same things that he was speaking against, he understood that God has shown him mercy. I don't know where you have been. But a person who understands mercy is like somebody who was an armed robber. Do you get it? You used to be an armed robber. And then you were caught. And then after you have been caught and they tried you, they just said, we are letting you go. That alone will be a great mercy. But now if they call you, if the police department calls you, now we want to make you the inspector general of police. A person who was a senior arm robber in the town, everybody knows a notorious arm robber has been made what? The chief inspector of police. Put your hands together for the mercy of God. When you begin to see that your life and your call is actually God showing you mercy. I don't know, I mean, you see, that the sins are different kinds of sins. Some people 
talk about the seven cardinal sins, murder and adultery. So you have not committing those things, so you are think you are you are holy. Hey, pray to God about it. You see, John Wesley, when he was dying, John Wesley, the one who planted so many churches, when he was dying, he said the best of all is that God is with us. He didn't die in confidence of his accomplishments. He died about God's mercy and God being with him. I pray that you would understand that your call is mercy for your life. Say amen. amen. We are going to just add one. We are going to add one. one and uh, what it means to be called. It means you've been separated for God's purposes. Amen. You've been separated for God's purposes. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. To be called means you've been separated for God's purposes. Hallelujah. You see, the ministry can be tasking. Reverend was talking about my schedule for the last 24 hours. But the fuel, the, the energy that keeps kicking in, that keeps us going, is because we place our eyes in front of he who has called us. Never get angry at your pastor. Never get angry at L.P. Teresa. Never get angry at Pastor Macarius. Never get angry at any shepherd or anyone who assigns you anything. Never complain that they are doing you anything bad. Hallelujah. Rather, look at it that God himself is speaking to me through them. Because God is spirit. God is spirit. And if God is going to deal with you, he's going to deal with you through a physical human being. And so if you can see that what is happening is actually God's work and you have been called to help in God's work, it is no more about Reverend Ezekiel and the church he's trying to do in Chicago. Do you get it? You will now begin to see that any help, you know one of the helps you can do, because sometimes the helps you can give is not even something physical, but having a good attitude. A good attitude freshens the pastor's heart. Like Sometimes somebody will do something, but they will do it with a bad attitude. And they'll be murmuring and complaining. Are we not having a family conversation? Yeah. Yes, we're having a family conversation. And we need to call these things out. Sometimes somebody will do something, but they will do it with a murmuring and, 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 and complaining attitude. So the work will be completed. But the person who comes to look at it, you have done the work, but there's no joy. Amen. But if you can do something with a great attitude. Yesterday, I called Pastor Macarius like three or four times. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? Some people say, Rev. <laughs> you know um, some of these things I think I think if, if you would tell us ahead of time if you, if you would tell us ahead of time that you are going to be needing such things you know it's now 4pm on Saturday and now you are calling me about A, B, C and D now last time when you called I was actually I was actually at this I, I was actually at this location if you had mentioned we also needed this thing I would have taken care of that now you have waited for me to go 45 miles away and now you are calling me again. Thank God Pastor Macarius is not like that. He has a good attitude. Put your hands together for him. Amen. Hallelujah. You've been separated unto the gospel of God. Go to verse 2. God has promised before by his prophets the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. By his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Verse 3. Concerning his son Jesus Christ. Which was made of the seed of David. Hallelujah. But I think, I think uh, um, verse, verse, let's go back to verse 1. Romans 1 and 1. To be called means to be separated for God's purposes. I think we will just dwell there. That's where the verse is. 
You've been, when you are called by God, when you become a believer, why is it that we are alive and sucking oxygen? One heaven is better than here. Amen. Have you ever thought of that question? One day, I was talking to a young person and I was talking about the glories of heaven. A young, a young uh, lady. I was talking about uh, after the rapture and the glories of heaven. Then, and then she said, you know, you have lived your life and enjoyed a little bit. So you seem to be looking forward to heaven like a great place. But for me, it would be nice to grow up and also enjoy life small. <laughs> I, I would like to grow up and enjoy a little bit of life. And, 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 and then I, I didn't know what else to tell her. <laughs> because what she was saying was true. It's like I've grown up, I've married, I've been working. And these are some, some things people, young people look, look up to. That one day I will grow up, I will marry, I will be doing this, I will be doing that. So if you are talking about heaven and all those things are not going to be... And she, she cornered me. Then I said, you know what? Heaven is a lot like earth. A lot of the good things here, we get to continue doing the, it there. It's not like heaven is like a morose place where, you know, we just sing songs all day long. And, and there's, it's like you are sad. No, 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 no. But it was difficult to translate it in a way that a young person would understand. So all I have to do is just continue to pray for the person. Amen. You have been called to be separated unto the gospel of God. You've been called. It's a special purpose. That your life is special. When something is separated and special, what does it mean? It means it's not for ordinary use. It is not for ordinary use. If I come to your house, and I don't consider myself to be that much of an important person, but there are some things that I know you wouldn't do to me. My sister, what's your name? Frida, if I come to your house and I say, you know, I, I, I'm thirsty, right? And, and you're going to give me a, a, a water to drink. And then I see a, 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 a cup of water, right? A, 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 a cup that as, as I was walking in, you were just drinking from that cup, right? And then, and then, and then, and then I, I, I say, I want water. And then you turn around and pour water into the thing and give it to me. How am I going to feel? What I want Frida to do, assuming Frida has no other cup in the house, what should she at least do? At least wash the cup. After washing the cup, the cup is no longer a cup used by Frida. Forget about that. It has been washed. I mean, don't you go to public uh, restaurants and eat? And the place they use, don't you think people have used it? But after it has been washed, you don't even think about it, do you? You, 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 you hope they have washed it. <laughs> Amen. So what makes the thing special is that something has been done to it that makes it no more ordinary. Hallelujah. And I am sure, Sister Frida, I'm sure you wouldn't even give me the same cup you just used. Even if you use hot water to clean it. I mean, I'm sure you have certain special cups in the house for certain special people. Those special cups are not for everyday use. They are used sometimes for visitors. Hallelujah. And so when you are called... God is separating you from the bunch. And I speak, to, I speak to the new pastoral appointees as well as everybody else. Jesus said, what I say to you, I say to all. That your calling makes you special. You may not consider yourself special. Sometimes you look at yourself, you don't find anything special about you. But we need to, we need to reject the notions of the world. We need to reject the notions of we ourselves have of ourselves. We need to go back to the scripture and say, what does God think of me? Amen. God said that you are my what? My own bride. God said you are what? The apple of my eye. God said that I have called you for something, spe for special service. Hallelujah. And therefore, as I end, 
I want you to begin to think of yourself. They are no more ordinary. Saying, I'm no more ordinary. I've been called to a special place. Separated to God's purpose. I make myself available. For God is with me. He will help me to accomplish his purposes. Put your hands together unto the Lord and stand up to your feet. Commit yourself to God. Ask him for, your, for his help to be able to respond to the call of God. If you are here this afternoon, if you are here and you are not born again, you have never committed your life to Christ. There's never been a time you made this conscious effort to yield to God, to say, I give you my life. I want you to lift up your hand if you are that person. Because what we are doing is a heavenly transaction. That you are committing your life to Christ and say, Lord, I want you to handle my life from here on. Whatever sins you have committed does not matter. God is willing to forgive you. None of us is righteous. No one is righteous except God's forgiveness and his grace. So if you are a person who has never given your life to Christ, or maybe you have, but you have walked away from the path of life. You have walked away from from God's plan. You, You are no longer fellowshipping with God. Lift up your hand. It's an opportunity to rededicate your life to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, O glorious King. Now, I want us to pray after me. Thank you, my God, for your mercy, for your grace, for calling me distinctly. I give you my heart. I know Christ died for me to forgive my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead. To make me righteous. Now give me your grace. To live for you. And to answer the call. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together unto the Lord. As